Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, let's go! What's Wednesday night? That means Sports Honchos live, baby, from New York and the great state of Maryland. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert. Honcho number two and honcho number one is Mr. Cuny. How are you, sir? Greetings and salutations. I think we're both honcho 1A. Not 1 and 2. We're both 1A. We're both tied for first. And might I say, happy March, everybody. Thank God we made it through February. The shortest month always feels like the longest month, as the cliche goes. But it's March. That means the sports calendar, once again, is heating up. And what better way to celebrate it than every Wednesday night right here, right here, with your sports honchos. So Very welcome, well everyone. said. How are you, pal? What's going on? Yes, it is the first week of March, the third day, and we are getting closer to warmer weather as I'm still rubbing my hands here together, Rob, and trying to stay that's, warm. That's incredibly creepy. If you could see <laughs> Paul rubbing his hands together, you would be turning off your – you'd be turning the big knob to the left as we speak. Uh, it was almost 60 degrees here today, so it was nice. I wore shorts today. I wore shorts today, buddy, and the windows were down. I didn't go quite that far. On Long Island, uh, baby. Well, there you go. But I, I was out there. It was nice. No wind. No cold. Sun's not going down now till after six, which is nice. Uh, inevitably, we have a couple weeks until the National Bitch Fest, which is spring forward. Oi, I'm losing sleep. How will I ever recover? It's such a shonda. I hate those people. But it's also another opportunity. I think, that, I think you just reenacted yourself on Daylight Savings. It's another time. opportunity to talk You're about. You're projecting, Mr. Cooney. Thank you. The great mystery of life that is what happens to the television shows when we spring forward. It's not wow. like we're repeating shows. Now we're losing shows. But what I'll save that? that. I'll save that for our fabulous post-Daylight Savings Time show. When is that when, coming up anyway? I, I think... Not this Sunday coming up, but next Sunday. I don't know. It, it'll be. You'll hear the siren call of the uh, insomniacs and the people who have trouble sleeping that say, which is an insomniac, sorry for the redundancy, who will say, oh, my God, again, I lost an hour of sleep. So my is this all just day old is Jewish ruined. people who are complaining about this? No, That's what I'm getting from you. All complainers sound like that to me. It's like when I'm in class and I, I'm talking about people interacting with their parents. And I say, I know, your mother's going to talk like this. And they say, Mr. Cuny, my mom doesn't talk like that. And I just tell them, I go, to me, everybody's mother talks like that. Just like when you all ask me a question as we get closer to the end of the quarter about raising your grade, you all sound like this. How can I raise my grade, Mr. Cuny? Uh, We don't talk like that. Again, yes, you do. When you're grade grubbing, as we say in the biz, that's what you sound like. So, so there you go. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. Me and uh, Mr. Cooney here were talking about getting this show onto video. And uh, Scary. I wish we had had what 
these facial expressions expressions that Mr. Cutie's making, um, definitely made for TV. So uh, between my facial expressions and you rubbing your hands together, YouTube will ban us like they've done with you know Rudy can, Giuliani. Can you hear that? Yeah, it's incredibly. All right, buddy. Let's so here get we are. Show on the road, man. Let's, Let's get do it. Going here, March, baby, twenty twenty one. Hey, did you get your vaccine yet? No. However, good news, everyone. I'll be going this Saturday to a local amusement park, which is not a sponsor of this year's show, Graham, to get my first shot, and the next one comes three weeks later. What, you got to get um, on a roller coaster to get your vaccine down there? How, how great would that be? But no, it's just a big <laughs> park. you're lot. flying by, they just yeah. have a guy with a needle. <laughs> it might as well be because we're still in our is cars. Is that the new distribution system that the, the new administration's talking about? Load this I, up on roller coasters? I would prefer I do it on a log flume, actually. Oh, Waiting for you uh, at the bottom of the uh, right. Bottom of the lake. So as Woo-hoo! the National Guard, which is which is administering this, I'll they'll get splashed with water, and then as but I you get a I, photo, I go all right. You have one of those photos, and I go around the bend to the end of the ride, and they stick me with the needle. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's a drive-through sort of phenomenon that the National Guard is running. I think if they're going to do a drive-up vaccine service. Why not? How come no one's thought to partner with fast food chains? Mm. You know, and right? I was just going to say, why don't they stab you in the tongue? Yeah. Or well, how about in the tuchus? I mean, come on. <laughs> Can't you see millions of people bent over for the National Guard? Come on. <laughs> There's an image no one will get out of their head now. Sorry, everyone. But really, you drive it to McDonald's, you, you, you get your super size, which I know they don't do anymore. You get your extra value meal. Oh, the McShake this month. You got to get uh, hey, the McShake. Hey, hey. It's delicious. Shamrock My shakes. favorite. I had, one, I had one last night, in fact. Um, the Happy Meal. What better toy in a Happy Meal than a, a fake syringe? Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> okay, not a real syringe for the tots, for the kids out there, but a fake syringe while mom and dad are getting, you know, the real thing. You know, little, their little tyke can get a fake syringe, like a water gun. Look, I'm, look, Mom, Dad, I'm, I'm giving out the vaccine. What better way to promote the medical profession? See, I got all I'll the ideas Big Mac, uh, chocolate shake, uh, apple pie, and uh, yeah, I'll take the COVID vaccine, too, while I'm here. Oh, wait, they're having a special, though, on the Moderna, the Moderna vaccine. You can buy buy one, you get one free. There you go. Okay, you, little, right, you can, oh, what if you bring value, your coupon books, Rob? Right. Extra value meal one is Pfizer, then Moderna, and then the Johnson & Johnson is, you know, extra value meal number seven. The one they hide with the filet of fish Break out the laptop, Rob, and email the administration right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to say, if McDonald's is listening, that's a solid, like, two and a half minutes of free advertising. But like Moderna and, uh, was it, Merck or whatever the heck it is? Merck, Johnson, 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 Johnson and Merck together. Right. Could you see McDonald's and Burger King? Oh, God. And Roy Rogers <laughs> and Arby's. Together. Popeyes. Let's just name Let's them. Let's get everybody involved. Maybe, and one of them, at least, can you send us, you know, a chicken wing? Maybe a couple French fries, something for the mentions. Checkers is is very. Uh, oh. uh, that's a great oh, yes. place to drive in and get your vaccine. God, I love me some checkers. Mm. Ah, see? Checkers. I, I we got to find the warm spots in your heart. We got to do a live remote from Checkers. <laughs> In fact, we'll do a live remote and see if we can go an hour and a half eating nothing but their French fries. If we can make it through an entire show, hey buddy, so it's, it's, just, it's, it's just the sports haunt show. Yes, 
It's possible, man. They, you know, they announced more capacity uh, openings here in uh, Nueva York. Uh, you guys getting any uh, anything going on down there? Moving around? Extra capacity? No? Uh, no. Can you and Grace bring friends to the next time you go out to dinner? Not yet? Oh, I see what you're asking. Uh, sure, as long as you're staying socially distant from the next table. They don't care about the group you're with. It's how far you are from the next group. Okay. So, but hey, if we're in Texas, Texas went full Leroy Jenkins And Mississippi, today. they got no running water, but you sure as hell can walk around around down there without your mask on. No mask and full capacity. Come on into the deep restaurant. Deep in the heart you can of eat, Texas. But we got no, got no water for you. Good luck. Anyway, Good luck. we Good digress. Luck. Let's we move on. All right. I got two things for you here in the cold open. Two things. It I got the cold. world's most expensive breakfast cereal right here in my hand. Woo. I read to you from NBC29.com, which I presume is a Cincinnati station because this is about WKRP. the port of Cincinnati, which I didn't even know existed. Not Dave, It's not WKRP? No. God, I wish it was. Oh, there's another reference for those of us. Under the age of a thousand, uh, federal agents intercepted a shipment of wait for it two point eight two ma, ma million dollars worth of cocaine coated cornflakes. My that's favorite. Nice, that's nice alliteration, by the way. Cocaine coated cornflakes headed across the waters. U.S. Customs and Border Protection announced in a news release on February thirteenth. CBP, that's Customs and Border Protection. And Cincinnati intercepted the smuggled drugs in a shipment of cereal coming from South America. Shocking. The shipment contained about 44 pounds of cocaine-coated cornflakes. Again, love the alliteration. Which could have a street value of up to $2,822,400. And here's where the story gets good. Uh, let's see. Uh, CP, CBP narcotic detector Dog Bico. I guess that's one of the canines that they use was working incoming freight from Peru when he alerted to a shipment of cereal headed to a private home in Hong Kong. See, that should be your first tip-off. If 44 pounds of cereal are going to somebody's private home, it's probably not just cereal. But what do I know? I unless, don't unless they wanted the prizes inside. Maybe, maybe they wanted the toys inside. No pun intended with right. the prizes right. inside. Hey. Or a box top for their kids' schools. When officers opened the box to take a closer look, they saw the cereal contained a white powder and the flakes were coated with a grayish substance. And then here's my favorite part of the story. Officers tested the flakes and powder and found they contained cocaine. So what, with a bowl of milk, glass of orange juice, and That's some what toast? I done. Did they have a nice hearty breakfast? Mmm. I got everything I need here. Juice, toast, coffee, eggs, cereal coated with cocaine. There you <laughs> nice. go. I wish I was in that group. Just kidding, Next everyone. Next on work. CBS, the new series. <laughs> Yes. Wow. Cops so if and you're, cornflakes. If you're in Cincinnati, ask for the cornflakes. Okay, so here's one more thing before we open the bag of sports. Last week, you recall, we were talking about airline etiquette, and I mentioned the name Gerard Finneran. And I said you should Google it. I thought to myself, why deprive our millions of Honcho's listeners of the greatest airplane malfeasance and malpractice story ever? So climb up on my knee, kids, for Uncle Rob's story time, the tale from October 20th, 1995, one Gerard Finneran, I read from Fly Talk, which is a blog for airline aficionados. Uh, a few years sure ago. Are you sure that's not a fishing book? 
flyer talk. It's all about airplane stories. Oh, okay. so if it's it about, about fishing, fishing. Go on. I'm sorry for interrupting. If it's about fishing, they've really missed the point. Anyway, a few years ago on a United Airlines flight from Buenos Aires to New York, Gerard B. Finneran, an investment banker, went totally bonkers. Newspaper accounts said that, that after becoming intoxicated, Finneran demanded more alcohol from the flight attendants. Now, this is before cell phones really cell phone videos really came into vogue and well before social media, I say it parenthetically. So he asked for more alcohol from the flight attendants. When they refused, he began helping himself to the liquor supply. After being cut off a second time, he became visibly angry. First, he pushed one flight attendant, federal offense number one, verbally threatened another, federal offense number two, interfered with a third who was assisting a sick passenger, federal offense number three, then walked up to the first-class cabin, dropped his pants, and defecated on a service cart in plain view of the passengers and crew. Then he stepped <laughs> Then he stepped in his own feces and tracked it through the main cabin. Wait for it. Federal offense number four, number five, and possibly number six. Finneran was arrested upon landing, I hope, in New York. He subsequently pled guilty to assault and was sentenced to two years probation. In addition... He was given 300 hours of community service and a $5,000 fine and was ordered to pay more than $50,000 in restitution to the airline and to reimburse fellow passengers for the price of their tickets. Do you know the one punishment he did not get? What's that, Rob? He's still allowed to well, – I don't know if he's dead now. He's, he was still allowed to fly. Oh, they didn't ban Because him? after all, he's a paying customer, but – you know, he's a little lighter in the wallet these days. Well, I, he might not be signing autographs as we speak. I, don't, I, I was looking up before the show if he's still alive. He was late 50s, and that's 26 years ago, so it's possible he's in his 80s now. But be that as it may, he said with a smile and a tip of his cap. The one punishment he didn't get was he wasn't allowed. <laughs> he, was, he was still allowed to fly even of all that. Now, would he have been allowed to fly in the era after September 11th? Who knows? I'm sure if he was on the plane – after September 11th and tried this, an air marshal would have hopefully tackled him before yes. he used the drink cart in ways that nobody's ever anticipated. So there you go, kids. The story of investment banker Gerard Finneran and why flying is such is just fraught with problems. Well, you know, Rob, he just picked the wrong airline. Because sure you know did. what? That stuff <laughs> happens all the time on Aer Lingus going back and forth to the homeland. I'm not going to fly pints, to Ireland. A few pints in Aer Lingus. You can cause all the trouble you want. It's Why not right. just have a have a toilet then? Uncle Seamus wrecked a few planes in his time. He just got on the wrong plane. I'd like to apologize to the entire Irish-American community that's listening to this podcast. I'll remind you all that the views of one Paul C. Cuthbert do not necessarily reflect those of Robert oh. M. Cuny or Ghost Parts Media Company. We live, love and embrace all people and cultures. Fly to Ireland. Do whatever the hell you want. It's all right. <laughs> Yikes. And with that know, said. We'll, you'll hear more from that when we do our big St. Patrick's Day extravaganza in two weeks. Oh, yes. I don't know if kids. I'll be able to put three words together, but I'll try. Anyway, it's time to head to the college sports world. College, as we call it here. See what Rob's got on the menu in the NCAA. Right here in the sports honchos. I love the drums, Rob. Always love the drums. The drums are fabulous. 
sadly, I have no real on-court news. We'll get more into that as we get closer to tournament time. Sunday the 14th is selection Sunday in what could be the most wide-open NCAA tournament in a long time. But for now, we have to make do. Hey, speaking of Gerard Finner and make do with a couple. (laughs) Thank you. I'll be here all week. A couple of off-court stories. And here again, we have this is going to be kind of a theme. If we have time later on, there's more stories of cancel culture. Well, this is not cancel culture, but how how much more in tune we've become with saying and doing the right thing and, God forbid, the wrong thing. So let's take both of these together because they're both sort of two sides of the same coin. You've got the University of Texas and the, the concerns yeah. over whether or not the song The Eyes of Texas ought to be played. And you've got uh, Creighton Blue Jays, by the way, Creighton really missed out on the opportunity to get some a real good marketing opportunity by calling themselves the Barrels as opposed to the Blue Jays. But again, these ideas, nobody's asking me for them. Anyway, Greg McDermott, coach of the Creighton Blue Jays, uh, the headline says it was a racially insensitive comment. Now, we'll get to the, the comment in a moment. Um, I am not here to say... Greg McDermott did nothing wrong. I am not here to say that the song The Eyes of Texas is not potentially offensive to people. I I believe uh, the history of the song, and I, you probably should have had that ready. Ah, thank you. It's right here. The the Texas song, The Eyes of Texas, the history is, first of all, it's been played before every Texas Longhorns football game has come under scrutiny because it was first performed in a 1903 minstrel show that featured blackface performances. Now, uh, there is certainly no justification or no apology that I will make for those kinds of shows over a century ago, but most the players, black and white, some of them have said they don't like, they object to the song, and some of them have said they're fine with it. Many boosters and donors are not only happy with the song, but one of them threatened to, they said, and of course the booster's name is redacted from the story, my wife and I have given an endowment of excess of a million dollars to athletics, and that's, I'm guessing a million dollars, not just once. And then said this could very easily be rescinded if things don't drastically change around here. Uh, they eat, so the controversy is just that: is that the song that had the roots are terrible. Obviously, that was 1903. Today, when the song "The Eyes of Texas" are played, if you ask people before this story came out, and I guess before the controversy started swirling, which has been the last year or so, if you ask people, say the 2010, 2011. What does the song mean to you? They say Texas Longhorns football and basketball and whatever other sporting event they play it at. But now by dragging the past into the light, as Bono once sang, does that mean that a song which evokes something which is not offensive, unless you're not a fan of the University of Texas, should be gotten rid of because it now evokes origins that were offensive? Which leads into the bigger picture we've seen in this country of at what point, how far do you go back before you say, okay, it's been too long ago and what happened in the past shouldn't impact what's happening here? You, if you dig hard enough and long enough on just about anything, you will probably be disgusted at what you find. And, and, and things that we've held up and revered for years and generations 
you know, there's 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 cracks in that armor. There's skeletons in that closet and all the other cliches. So, I mean, the 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 players have been told if you don't want to usually after after the game and before the game, they stand on the field when the, when the song is played. And they've been told if you don't feel comfortable standing out there. Black players, white players, players of color, whomever, you don't have to stand out there. And I would think, is that enough? Again, it, they're, it's drawing more attention and making the past much more prevalent. But is the is the safe thing to do to just say, look, the song offends people. Let's get rid of it. But the, uh, but the other hand is, what when at what point do you say no? Where do you draw the line? And is there a line to be drawn? You know, and as for the, we'll get to the Creighton thing in a minute. Let me not blather on until nine o'clock. I'll let Paul have a word here. Well, here are the lyrics of the oh, eyes boy. of Texas. The eyes of Texas are upon you all the live long day. The eyes of Texas are upon you. You cannot get away. Do not think you can escape them at night or early in the morn. The eyes of Texas are upon you till Gabriel blows his horn. Now, I am a boy from Long Island, New York. But? This is the first time I have ever seen these lyrics. And uh, as far as the song itself, history, I know of the university. I've watched the football team. Never really paid attention to this. And this gets back to where we've been on certain subjects of this show, too. And obviously with everything going on, um, you know, just it's not never, you know, it's just not a part of our life. Not, you know, this is this is how so much of this stuff is coming out now. So all I would do is is to if you if you take the satellite beam and you boom, you, you focus right down on the University of Texas, the community, the state, the students, the history and everything else. You know, this is where it originates from, and this is where, to me, as far as the community... And we're in 2021. So I guess, in short, I'm not trying to be ignorant of this thing at all. I'm just saying that, you know, here I am at 51, and this has never been... I've never known about this. You know, I didn't know until this week that, that it had those origins. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure, you know, you want to deep dive deep into more, you know, uh, investigations to other southern... You know, schools and colleges and programs and all that other stuff. I'm sure we'll find more of this stuff, you know. Um, But to me, you know, like I said, it's 2021. Where, why only now is it coming up? I, I, I don't, I guess that's, I don't want, again, I don't want to be ignorant to this, but I guess the question is, coming from that community, it's had... You know, there's African-Americans that live in that community. There's African-Americans that have played from that program, obviously, and, and been involved with it. Uh, there's African-American community leaders and everything else. Um, I mean, I'm looking through this article here, too, um, as far as the professor seeing it. I mean, I don't know if it's for me to comment on. You know what I'm saying? There are no songs like this up here where we live. Right. We're not exposed to this stuff. I you mean, I, yeah, it's it's, and if you, it's, I'm glad you actually read the lyrics because if if you didn't have this article and didn't know anything about it, you look at, you hear the song, you read the lyrics, and you think they're pretty benign. I mean, it's just about glorifying Texas, and there are many things that 
time changes and society begins to either accept or reject. And I'm not, again, overlooking what's happened in the past. And I realize in my station in life, maybe I'm not the best person to be saying that time heals this wound. But I would think with this song, and given the fact that the lyrics are not offensive, and it's been embraced by players of all colors, shapes, and sizes, that after 118 years, we acknowledge the beginning, but it doesn't mean that anymore. It's not a racial slur. It's not a nickname like, you know, Redskins that time can't smooth over in terms of its offensive content. And maybe, just maybe, this is something where if this song goes away, in the bigger picture, are we diminishing other acts of insensitivity? Are we... By going to such an extreme, and I'll use that word very cautiously, are we, again, making it harder for other instances of more direct injustice to be resolved? That's what troubles me when I see a story like this. I have no connections to Texas. I'm not in any way moved or pained by them singing the song or losing the song. I just see this and I wonder, where are we headed? You know, when I hear something, when I hear something like this, I always ask, I am the father of two biracial children. And they're right in the crosshairs of the social justice movement. One is 19, one is 17. They're very active and socially conscious. And so when I hear about things like that, I didn't ask about this one, but when I hear about stories like this, I always ask them, I go, look, you're young, you're biracial, you have been subject to insensitivity, especially my older son. I, I won't get into any of the particulars, but they've seen it firsthand. And I say, when something like this happens, do you feel better? Do you feel like progress has been made? Or do you feel like they're just throwing you a crumb and the real issues kind of get distorted? And and they're on the, the page of, you know, for instance, changing the Aunt Jemima logo. To them, it, it's nothing. It's, a, it's, it's pissing in the ocean when you could be doing so much more. The, the white actors on The Simpsons – and on Family Guy saying we're no longer going to bl- uh, voice characters of color, they're like, who gives a fuck? I mean, it, that that to them doesn't move the needle. It, it, to them, if that's the extent of change in this country, that's nothing. That's a token change. And and they feel like when you build these this house of these bricks, that the real change is what gets hidden. The real change will never take place. And they say, don't get satisfied with these little minuscule changes. They're, you're obscuring the bigger picture. And I'm sorry for getting all serious on this. It's just, you know, this is kind of where this article led me. Well, it is a serious subject. And we've touched on this uh, uh, previously and because it's, it's coming up. In certain, it comes up in athletics a lot. You yeah. know, if you look at athletics, obviously, you know, you know, real quick as far as the political landscape of this country. And, you know, left versus right and whatever you want to call it, and everybody, the country split and everything else. One of the amazing things about this country, and unfortunately this past year we've, we've missed out on it, is sports actually brings everyone together. You know, and I, I'm pretty sure we've mentioned this too, but, you know, you can, you can go to a football game or, a, um, 
you know, baseball game and stuff, and you can look up in the stands at a championship, like in Philadelphia or anywhere else, and you just see a great mix of colors and backgrounds and everybody, you know, screaming and yelling and, and having a great time. If you watch, uh, you know, like I said, I watch Manchester United over in England, and you have a Muslim and Sikh community, and, and you know, it's such a mixed community in London and England and everything else, you know, and it's sports. You take people out of the sports venue, and that's when all the separation. It's amazing. You get people who hate each other and disagree with stuff, but hey, we're both Yankee fans, you know, or we're both Cards fans. It's wild. One thing I just want to bring up in, in this article here, too, um, as far as um, the professor here and everything, few would say that the lyrics are racist, but uh, UT professor Dr. Edmund Gordon explained the nodes of racism, racism won't be found in the eyes of Texas lyrics, but in the song's past. So I, I think we should just clarify uh, Clarify this as far as, far as us discussing about this. Yeah, uh, so Gordon, it's from a minstrel show where people were black. Yeah, Gordon That's... said The Eyes of Texas was originally a satirical song once performed at minstrel shows, like you were saying before, which are comedic variety shows featuring white performance and blackface. Uh, the Texas Cowboys School Spirit Association was a key social group at the UT campus for decades. That's the Texas Cowboys School Spirit Association. In the past, Gordon said that members would put on blackface and perform a sort of minstrel show each year for their schoolmates. Yeah, and see, that has to go. There's yes. no question about that. That's, 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 there's no defense of that. And time doesn't smooth those over. I'm, but you got to separate, if you can, that happenstance. Yeah, I get, well, I'm going to say one real quick thing on this. To me, it's at this point, you know, but we also have to look at what happened. And we have to say, I'll say this, I don't care if anybody you know, about that. But, you know, me and you being historians and stuff like that, you want to look at that CPAC stage that went on uh, this past week. And I'll call bullshit. That was that was a, a neo-Nazi symbol that they built on the stage. And, you know, they're, they're just doing it. So, you know, you talk about this little story here, but you see where the envelope is getting pushed, you know? And as far as this going on in Texas and everything that's going on down south, you know, as far as the history and racism and civil rights and civil war, and I'll swing back to it. We're blessed here because we live in New York. Yes, New York happens to be one of not the most segregated state in the entire country. But down here in, in, in lower state, uh, New York City is the most incredible mix of life, culture, religion, and everything. And then it kind of bleeds out here a little bit, uh, you know, into Nassau County here in Long Island, and it bleeds all the way out. You know what I'm saying? As far as, you know, myself being exposed to that. I mean, if you're a New Yorker, I mean, that shit just doesn't fly here in New York. It has its ups and its downs, and it's not perfect, and we all know that. And, you know, we could square off into another tangent as far as, you know, um, uh, you know, law enforcement and all that other stuff. But that's not what this show is about. But as far yeah. as... Racial harmony, histories in school, sports, certain areas of this country, who's in charge, who've been the leaders. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of it is obvious. So this little story about this little lyric thing and this university down in Texas that I will firmly uh, state that I can't really comment too much on. Of course, if I see it, if it's offensive, hey, that's bullshit. Why is it happening? It shouldn't be happening. You know, in New York here, they changed the St. John's Redmen. You know, they changed the name. You know what I'm saying? They've, they've made changes out here. Um, and that's just, I guess, in each geographical area in this country, as far as the people, 
uh, the lawmakers, the people in charge, they got to do this. So I look at this from a New Yorker, a kid from Long Island, and I go, really? They were doing this minstrel show? You look at the lyrics, it's pretty obviously what's going on there, and if obviously it's based back to the Civil War and, and General Lee Lee. I mean, come on. But then again, like I said, that's down there. It's not up here, so I would say to the people down there, you know, you got to get the community together, and you get if it's offensive, then get it out of there. But, you know, they have all these donors and investors and alumni and everything because they were raised along with the song and the, and the university their whole life is that it's not a big deal because then it doesn't offend them, and they obviously don't care if it offends anyone else. To you, Mr. Cuny. All right, and then just quickly on Greg McDermott of the Blue Jays. Uh, Who? The coach of the Creighton oh, Blue you. Jays, okay. Greg McDermott. Look, he got himself in trouble, and this is just a case of com- the complete opposite of the Texas thing. You just you got to be smarter. You got to be smarter when you say something like he said to his he said to his team uh, as a it was after a loss on February 27th he said guys we got to stick together we we need both feet in I need everybody to stay in the plantation I can't have anybody leave the plantation so it just it, in 2021 you got to choose your words better I, no matter what his intentions are no matter what his relationship with his players. Are, is now or the relationship in the past or how progressive he is and forward thinking and the, whatever it is, don't undo yourself by saying something stupid. And it's not like, I mean, sure, we've all said things in, you know, in the moment carries us in the heat of the moment, emotional, whatever, but you just got to be smarter. There's just nothing else to say about this. Just you're a public figure. Don't undo all the good you've done by saying something phenomenally stupid to a group of young black men like, hey, I need you to stay on the plantation. And I know what we all know what he meant. He meant we have to stick together. He wasn't saying, hey, you're all my slaves. But that's exactly how it comes across. And you got to be smarter. And there's really nothing else that I have on that. Just I mean, he's not being fired. He apologized. But it just you got you just got to be smarter. You got to know the room. Hey, knowing the room, by the way, is a theme that we'll be seeing later in America's favorite segment at the end of the show. Yeah, we're going to have to expand that segment. <laughs> we're so gonna, We're going to have a separate show <laughs> called the Sports Honchos Dopes of the Week. We'll have a year-end recap. <laughs> That'll be Thursday mornings at 6 a.m., ladies and gentlemen. Look right. forward just, to or. Or you can just, again, if you want to recap, you can call me on my hotline, the Sports Honchos hotline. That's 911 for all you. Well, let's leave the racist college areas and let's move on. Yeah. Let's cleanse our palate now. <laughs> to some hockey, hoops, and hot stove baseball. Come on, Rob. Nope. Get those hands up, nope. baby. You try to get me good every, every week. Come on, Which I say, hey, family. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, wow. Going to the ice. The hardwood. The diamonds. Our weekly touch on the baseball, basketball, and puck stories. Woo. Hey, buddy. Letting yes, fans sir. back in the building, man. We touched on it last week. Actually saw it live here. I mean, I didn't go live. I saw a lot of friends of mine actually at the games. They're going. 
They're inside. How did it I look? Think it's I pretty mean, darn they, cool. How did they the did they like cordon off the upper part no. of the garden? No. Did it look? I mean, did no, they have the cardboard out. cutouts filling in the holes? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, good because I'm, I'm done that, with the cardboard cutouts. They did it in Jersey. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Jersey. Yeah. So not at the garden. Yeah, because even you know the joke is you know even in Jersey they they need cutouts <laughs> during the real season or the non-COVID seasons. <laughs> but uh, yeah, watching the uh, the Knicks and the Strangers the other night. Um, yeah, it was it was really cool. It was great to see the fans uh, spread out and uh, no fake noise on the on the on the tv it was real fans it was quiet but i mean i mean quiet in the sense that you know it wasn't that russell and bustle of twenty thousand. but you heard them it was cool and um you know all uh you know a couple of places um columbus they did it too and and all the players uh you know uh just real happy about it it's 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 pretty cool it was great to see man here in the nation's capital homeland security because they decide these things for dc has already said you know, you can have events, but no fans. Well, they'll revisit the fan issue at a later time. So You'll nothing at Caps point. games, nothing at Nats games, which, you know, I, to me, I hope the Nats have no no fans for the rest of their existence. Oh, come existence. on, man. But anyway, the, we can't champions, have fans here. Buddy. No, the Dodgers are now champions. They're, They're now the defending champs. Removed. They're still champs. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say about that is fair. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, right, well, don't like it. <laughs> okay. Don't like them. Anyway, fucking Orioles. No fans. Fucking Orioles fan. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Again, let me just say anybody can be a fan of a team that has nothing but success. And uh, we have to show some respect to the Orioles today because a proud member of our history has passed away, which we'll get to when we talk about baseball. Yeah. But again, anybody can be a fan of the Yanks, the Sox. The Dodgers. It no, takes a man with real with special kind of people as Yankee fans. Special with real huevos. We're called to be a fan. Winners, winners. Uh-huh. It's easy. That's, it's like being a Bulls fan in the '90s. Where are you now, Bulls fans from the '90s who didn't live in Chicago? Where are you I, now? I was a diehard Knicks fan. I still am a Knicks. Let fan. Let me hear you. Well, good. That's that's even gutsier to be a Knicks fan. I know they're coming back, man. Look, they're, I think it's good for the a NBA. Couple of championships here on Broadway. In the next eight to twenty-six years, with the rebuilds, I, I think it's good for the NBA when the Knicks are a powerhouse. I really do. And those games when Riley was the coach and they had Starks and Anthony Mason, Greg Anthony, those are some great teams. Except for Charles Smith, it's one of the best tall, sports logos tall and in the useless. World too. What's that? <laughs> Except for Charles Smith, who was you know just tall ah, and useless. Him Leave him alone. Leave him alone. But those right. teams, those those teams are fun to watch. They were grindy. They were what? grindy teams, but they were fun to watch. Indeed, they were. All right, real quick, um, just a quick uh, hockey note here. Uh, Leafs are still on top, 17-4-2, 36 points. Tampa Bay behind them there. Carolina, Florida, Winnipeg, Washington, the New York Icelanders in seventh in the league. Chicago Blackhawks in eighth. Edmonton ninth. Vegas in tenth. Your Bruins in 11th. Blues at 12th. Philly 13th. Minnesota 14 and the Habs and a bunch of other teams all tied at 20 point a couple teams there for 16. So if those were your 16 teams, there's your playoff teams right there. Um, as far as this week, big news: uh, Kane from the Hawks scored his 400th. A very elite club there for U.S. players. Um, so congratulations to Kaner, who's one of the most. The Hawks might be the a most, trophy MVP one, this year. One of the most clutch 
hockey players of all time. Well, you got to hit them. I mean, that's what I say about these guys. You got to check them. There's no check. It's just, he's just, I I mean, he's doing a great job. He's, he's phenomenal. And he's an American. How about that? How about them? Just don't, uh, just don't, just don't get into a taxi cab with him. (laughs) Oh, that's a low blow. It's true. But it's, but true. it's uh it's all uh more changes in Montreal. We we talked quite a bit about the Habs. Kind of weird for a couple of guys from New York and Maryland here talking uh Montreal Canadiens uh, after the firing of Claude Julian last week. But they've also fired uh in between periods, second and third last night, they fired uh, their goalie coach, uh Stefan Waite. And they've hired uh Sean Burke, buddy. Old New hey. Jersey Devils. Now, there's yeah. a name that seems to recycle. Do you know hockey. Sean Burke and me follow each other on Twitter? Really? Yeah. Impressive. And I gave him a little fist bump on my Twitter account today. Go get Impressive. him, Burkey. Haven't heard back from him, but I'm not going to be offended like you get offended. Yeah, he'll just like it. He'll like that. He won't I'll respond. I'll take a like just, from Burkey. He'll give you a like. Well, sure. But you know, from, i got to give him some Sean time. He's, he's traveling up to Montreal right now. All right, he's like, who's this Maron from uh, New York saying, give me the fist bump? Berkey's got to get his passport. He's got to get tested, the vaccine, the te- all that stuff before he can get up to Montreal. But we wish Berkey the best. and um, Nothing had, but the best. Yes. And we had uh, Ovi, as far as top players in uh, COVID protocol, um, one of the other big names in the game, Sidney Crosby now, is in COVID protocol for your beloved Pittsburgh Penguins, ladies and gentlemen. Ugh. So. Um, there's a lot of stuff going. The, the good stuff about uh, the NHL right now is you got to tune in. Uh, 56 game season here. They're uh, they're getting up to 25, 27, 28 games. 30 pushing 20 game, 30 games here. We got trading deadline coming up here. Teams are making moves. Some teams are getting beat up and all that other stuff. But hockey is the greatest sport in the world, and you got to get on the ice and you got to watch it. So that's what I got to say about the NHL. All right, Woo. that's right. Let's you know sharpen those blades, kids. Get out on the ice. That's, I got nothing. I got nothing else about hockey. That's it. Got, huh? We'll see you in the. We'll see you for the playoffs. All right, buddy. I'm looking forward to it. Hank's yeah. still good skating. Night. Good night, everybody. Is what? Good, night. good night. Do, but give him the voice there. Give good night, the everybody. There you go. I like hey. that. All right, Is pal, Henrik so- still skating? Yeah, he's, he's still undecided on his future. Hey, and there was a Samsonov sighting in Washington D.C. How about that? Was he? So uh, at a flea market? What kind of side? No, he's, he's finally up from the AHL and, and playing. And, and, you know, Vanacek is still the number one goalie for now. But, you know, we got, yeah. our, we got everybody back finally. And, and before we forget, um, Tony D'Angelo still not hired by another team. Shocking. Still on, still on the couch making a few mil. I'll tell you what. Wait till he's what? Uh, early 20s, right? Young yes. guy? Wait till he's 37, 38. The Caps will sign him. <laughs> Just tell him to hang in there for a decade or so. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get him. Is Daniel still skating for you guys, or is that the nursing Hey, home? tonight is his return to Boston. Okay. Oh, really? Good. Uh, and actually, they're I think they're scoreless as we speak against Boston. I don't didn't miss the last alert. Yes, it's nil-nil. Yes. So. 17-32 into the second period. Yes. No score between right. the Bruins and the Capitals. Still skating. Hey, while I'm here, the Leafs and the Oilers are also tied at zero. Coming up later on this evening, St. Louis Blues will take on the Anaheim Ducks, Minnesota Wild and the Vegas Golden Knights at 10 p.m., and then the Arizona Coyotes will take on the Los Angeles Kings, who are very hot of late, and then rounding out the NHL schedule, NHL schedule this evening, the Colorado Avalanche will take on the San Jose Sharks. Stay tuned for more scores. <laughs> but no accounts and descriptions of the games because they're licensed products. Yes. 
right, so um, that's it for hockey tonight. All right, yeah. so all you hockey fans, you can turn off the show now and go back to other stuff that you do. Ah, but don't forget, after this show, America's favorite New York Rangers podcast. Ooh, what's you're called? welcome. What's that? What's that called? It's called that hockey show. I hope, or is that the no? no that's, it's that's no. Tomorrow afternoon. No, that's another one. What's what's the what's your what's the Rangers podcast called? <laughs> you see, obviously not committed to the. The company. I'm know. asleep by the time your show comes on. <laughs> right after we get off the air, I'm right in bed. All right, for you honchos, <laughs> New York Ranger fans out there, go Rangers yes. Radio. Go Rangers Radio. I knew it had. I knew it had a title. There you go. <laughs> I see. I, I got that part right. It has a name. Yeah, we're Jim we're Croce trying said. to develop a uh, Capitals a with rabid. CUNY show. Uh, uh, one no, of these days, that, that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's a terrible with, name too. With guest host Rod Langway. That'd be fine. There you go. That's, that's the man that turned it around for us low these many moons ago. There you go. His number hangs from the rafters next to the immortal Yvonne LeBray. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, right, Ivan. Well, yeah, well, let's, let's talk about someone who's still alive, shall we? Yeah, let's. Uh, this guy James Harden's in the news a lot here lately. He's getting a lot of uh, attention. We, um, boy, do we have some. And we are talking about just, basketball, ladies and gentlemen, right now, yes. for those of you just tuning in. We are, there's been a lot of revisionist history about the beard, James Harden of your Brooklyn Nets, who, by the way, at this, at this time are a solid 23, 22 and 11 Forget and, about it. and second place in the Eastern Conference. Not I'm sorry, long, baby. 23 and 13. Going to be number one. And the question is now the, the drum beat. For James Harden, his MVP is potentially starting. Look, they were seven and seven before he got there. They're now sixteen and six since. Eleven and six without Durant. That's a whole nother story. Obviously, the question about the Nets with Harden is what kind of playoff running gonna get from Harden? Because he's been a chronic disappointment in the playoffs. Great regular season, one of the NBA's elite players, but in the playoffs, especially in the big games, just like he disappears. And now Kevin Durant, when he comes back in the playoffs where he's not expected to be the man, like when he was with Golden State, he's an MVP of the playoffs. When he has to be the man, like in Oklahoma City, again, another disappearing act. So we'll see, uh, you know, how this all plays out in the playoffs. But for now, James Harden is in the last their last win over the Spurs. He notched his seventh triple-double since he got to Brooklyn. Seven. Okay, he is averaging 11 assists, nine rebounds. Uh, I don't have the point total since he got to Brooklyn, how many points he's scoring per game. But basically, he has turned himself around from Harden, I mean, from a guy who played isolation basketball. Just get him the ball and everybody parts like the Red Seas, or the Red Sea, if you're speaking English to a guy who distributes, a triple-double machine, a guy who's making all of the players around him better. I mean, it, it's not a coincidence that since his arrival, they're 16-6. and six. And he's been a revelation. Robbie, is that 16-6 is that and six or 60-6? and six? I, It feels like 60-6, and six, but 16-6. and six. I don't know who this guy is. This guy wearing number 13 with a big beard. He looks like James Harden, but not the James Harden we've known for, you know, eight-plus years. So... You know, again, the drumbeat is out there for LeBron to get the MVP. Uh, snore. Wake me when the season's over. But I, if they said it's James, because it's not a playoff. Like baseball, they don't take the playoffs into account when they give out the MVP. 
I guess no sport really takes the playoffs into account when they do the MVP. But if for regular season, you know, the facts are the facts. The numbers don't lie. So it's good for James Harden. I don't know how long this will last. But well, there's still 279 games to go. Right. At least that's how it feels. Oh, and by the way, in the last this last game against the Spurs, he became the first player ever to post a 30-15-10 line without a single turnover. Wow. That's fairly impressive for those that really enjoy those obscure NBA statistics. So, And what about his old team, you may be asking? What about, what about your, your Houston, Rockets? Houston Rockets? You know, their coach, Steven Silas, was this close. I know you can't see me my fingers this far apart to being this week's Dope of the Week. Uh, last Sunday, they played the Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies, who are really bad. They lost 133 to 84, and that's not even the story. The story from this game, again, for those of you that like obscure NBA records, they shot a solid. Would you like to take a guess, actually, Mr. Cuthbert? Would you like to know how many three-point attempts the Rockets took on that in that game? Take a guess without you know googling it. Yeah, how I'm, many not, they I'm, gonna, I'm gonna. I'm looking away from the article, the column about the game. I'm, so not gonna, how many they made, but how many I, they took. Three-point shots. Yes. Against the Nets. Against the Grizzlies. This oh, against is the, the Grizzlies. Rockets against the Grizzlies. I apologize for that. We'll edit okay. that out later. Um, yeah, post-production. <laughs> so against the Grizzlies, the Rockets, three-pointers, 27. They took 45. Now, 45. I was, now, I was way now, off, Robert. That's, that's a lot of heaving. It sure is. A lot is. of hoisting. How many? No, no. Take a guess at how many they did made. Did they put a full team on the on the uh, court? They did. They had you know ten or twelve. So there professional were people to pass to. It wasn't you and I out there, right? There were there people, were other players. There were people available under the paint. They had five the guys paint. on the court. Okay. Yep. All right. Would you like to know how many they made of those forty-five? I am. I am. Uh, hold on. Let me rub my hands together like I did. Where's the, the, where's the, the price is right? Do, 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 do. What's your bid without going over? <laughs> uh, let me see here. It's uh, uh, how many did they make? Uh, 12. And I'm sorry. You have overbid. The correct answer was four <laughs> for a solid 9%. <laughs> exactly. So, and. So if your coach Silas, first of all, let's just a little statistical rundown, some numbers for you before we leave this subject forever. Right now, the Rockets at 11 and 22, second to last, second to worst record in the NBA. They rank DFL in three point shooting percentage at 33%. That's dead fucking last. For those of you wondering, they are DFL in three point shooting percentage. They have taken the fifth most three point attempts and have made the 14th most for a for a total of again 33%. So if your team is the worst, the worst and not and, and there's no, second place is not even in their same zip code. And your coach Steven Silas, why are you telling your players why don't you call them over and say, "Hey guys, you're taking 45 shots, you've made four. We're a terrible three-point team." I don't know. Hmm. Why don't you stop taking so many threes? And then he goes on to say in his post-game press conference after the loss to the Grizzlies, he said, our turnovers led to their fast breaks. Our long rebounds of missed threes led to their fast breaks. They scored 74 points in the paint, the Grizzlies. 
because <laughs> the Rockets kept tossing up three pointers and they made again 8.9% of them. So what is what is Steven Silas Jr. doing except paving the way for his firing after one season by letting his team shoot that many threes? I don't know. So you think this is a coaching issue? I mean, I, I imagine <laughs> if you're the coach and your players are jacking up threes, either they're ignoring you, which is problematic, or you're saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, go out. It's the Grizzlies. Go out and have a good time. Shoot away. So in the well, wreckage you know, that James Harden has left behind. They had to figure out a way to get into the record books this year. Oh, well, they're and doing this, a great job of it. And this was probably their best, you know, this is the best way to no. do this. Well, and, congratulations. And, well, hey, yeah, they, they did set a record. And they continue to set records for franchise low in points and field goals made. See, look every at night, that. Every this, night is a historic record-breaking night. There you go. Night. See, you got to be happy in Houston. And, and so the burning wreckage of his Houston career left behind by James Harden, you would think that fans would be angry, the team would be angry, the owner, Tillman Fertitta, would be angry. But no. I believe tonight, or last night, Harden returned to Houston – and maybe it's not, I can't remember. But you know what they're going to, you know what the owner said? Instead of saying, this guy is a total malcontent and a cancer, and I, I hope he pops his Achilles. Harsh words. I, I, I know he would never say he, that. He, he absolutely probably, dislikes he, this man. But you know what he said? You he know what no they're respect, doing? Hold on. He has no respect for this man, right? He you would, think, you would he, think not. He never wants to see this guy again, no, but right? You know, but you know what they're doing? Anywhere, hold on. He doesn't want him anywhere near his building, right? No. He doesn't want you him in think, the state. You would think not. He you would wants him erased from the Rockets' record books. Right. You would think that he wants Pictures James Harden to be frozen. From the hallways. Frozen in the ice of Texas. Re- removed <laughs> from old media guides. Right. Scrubbed completely. Get get rid of him. Because those kind of words are harsh. He right. obviously dislikes this guy. So so what's he doing for him, Rob? What's he doing, you ask? They're going to retire his jersey. Get the fuck out of here. He said, James Harden will always be a rocket. He will, except until he winds his way out of Houston and we trade him, I guess. Of course we will retire his jersey. He made my first three years of owning this franchise unforgettable. Oh, my God. I, sure. I, you know what? That's true. They are unforgettable. Was it the, the COVID violations? Was it the flaming out in Game 7? and going uh, it's, to a, it's all well, the championships he won, though, for the franchise. Right. Let's see. He's won. Uh, the, I'm checking my notes. Zero. Zero. Uh, wait, hold on. But he's made a couple NBA finals, right? Uh, no, get zero. the clothes hanger and the stro- stripes and the ropes. And let's I mean, listen, listen to the, the, listen, the, listen to the players, the, the Houston luminaries, that this bag of shine is going to join. Calvin Murphy only held the record for most consecutive free throws made until I think Steph Curry broke it. Moses Malone. Moses. Akeem Olajuwon, one Akeem. of the best centers of all time. Rudy Tomjanovic, who coached them to their champions, two championships. Right? Champions, right? Yes. Clyde the Glide Drexler, one of the oh, greats from yeah. Houston Rockets and the University of. He had the Houston two-step. And Yao Ming, the double Yao. French fry himself. Yao. I've had Those guys, Yao's name in a long time. Yeah, well, there you go. Those guys made the Rockets franchise great. Fond memories. None of them those ever names. said... None of them ever disappeared in the biggest games, and then to to, to honor their team, were seen at a strip club. None of them went o for whatever in a game seven from three point land. The the James Harden led team went o for twenty seven in a game seven 
from three-pointers, three-point land. I mean, this guy did everything he could. Again, I refer back to George Costanza tying the World Series trophy to the back of his car and driving around Yankee Stadium parking lot. That's what James Harden did. He did everything that burned down the Toyota Center to get out of Houston. And how are they going to thank him? They're going to retire his jersey. And, man, if I'm any of those guys I mentioned, I would say, can you take my jersey down from the rafters, please? Thank you. Or maybe put him on another side of the arena. Right. Just like some people say there should be a separate wing in Cooperstown for the steroid era, there should be a separate wing in Toyota Center. And and gamblers. Yes, a separate wing for James Harden's jersey. I cannot believe, for all he did, that was not positive. I didn't know that. Hey, that gives me hope. Maybe my my uh, my erasers and my pencils at my school will be retired after I finally leave. Wouldn't that be great? They can just hang just my chalkboard sure. from the rafters of the school gym. Just make sure I get an invitation because I'd like to be Absol- there for that Absol- historic moment. All right, that's well, look, enough use of Yeah, well, before we move on with Mr. Harden there, um, Mr. Harden is actually obviously very famous for his beard, uh, Mr. Cooney. And uh, for you gentlemen down there... Uh-oh. ...who might have a James Harden beard going on downstairs below the waist. Maybe you're smuggling James Harden through airport security. Well, we got some news for you because it's sponsor time on Honchos. Tell that's about right. it, Mr. You know, Cooney. Support for today's show sports honchos is brought to you by manscaped who is truly the best in men's below the waist grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels you know the other night paul i was grooming myself south of the equator with a flattening iron and some duct tape and i thought to myself there has got to be a better way and thank god there is manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer manscaped has the manscaped engineering team is perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created including the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents and when i tell you this is premium Polly, i mean premium primo the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave and as i tell you every evening every week when we do this if you're spending 90 minutes down there you've got bigger problems or you're having a uh, good time the water or both the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower that's not a euphemism for anything one of the coolest features <clears throat> is the led light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming they've also upgraded to a 7000 not 6 not 5 not 1 not 2 not 3 but 7000 rpm mower with my favorite kind of technology quiet stroke and let's not forget about Paul's favorite the charging stand. Yes. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB technology. If you are listening to me speak right now, and I know you are, I am. I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Let's get that former president George Bush to tush clean. Get twenty percent off and free shipping and free with shipping the code Honchos at Manscape.com. Make your testies. Your besties. And now the call to action. Get 20% off and free shipping with and the code HONCHOS, H-O-N-C-H-O-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code HONCHOS. Your balls and the honchos will thank you. Mas gravitas, el dos honchos. Yeah. I didn't know we were going to speak you know, Hebrew on the show. <laughs> 
Manscaped, baby. Hey, get there. Manscaped.com. Tell them the Joe sent you. Free shipping. You know the shipping costs set up, so why not? And you better do it soon or me Use and the code, Rob people. are going to release Manscaped yeah. videos. We will show you how to use these wonderful tools. And I believe in the next week or two, we will be telling you also about their weed whacker. Yes, it's it's wonderful. It's like all the other Manscaped products. And the Manscaped Mishpucha, it's wonderful. And that's true, Rob. You bring up a great point. It's not just the weed whacker and the lawnmower there. There's deodorants. There's, There's the plow. To, for your stinky feet. There's all kinds of great stuff. Unfortunately, all I your, have to stock up on all of them. All your stinky body issues. parts. I'm a guy. covered by the scaped. It's all good, though. Manscaped. And yes, you don't, want us, you don't want us doing a how-to video. So, no, you, know. you don't. So Anti up, people. Let's go. Use the code. Buy some product. Avoid us doing a live you know, how-to video on Absolutely. the tube. So we're warning you. You've gotten your warning, okay? Yep. So, don't blame us if you poke us. your eyes out. When you gouge your eyes out <laughs> later on when you watch this on YouTube, don't blame us. We tried to warn you, and you didn't listen. So oh, we're warned as forearm, God people. God forbid the day when you see a video on a sports honchos platform and it says the video contents of this particular media might continue. In fact, we'll do a before and after. We'll pick our favorite method Traumatic. for removal. <laughs> Right, the duct tape and the fishing line, whatever yeah. you want, and then Buddy we'll do man. The- oh, Thank God we got Manscaped for you, man. The stuff you're using yeah. is just crazy. That's why I need Manscaped. I'm just grabbing stuff around the house and going, this might work. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I, you know, I, how could I forget? Sometimes I try to use the rusty menorah. There you go. Yeah. Got to get that into every room. That, that's not the one you put out every year. Yeah. No, it's in not. A, believe that's not the one we that's light That's the one you put in the window, is it? Ew, no, sir. That is not the Hanukkah menorah. I don't think. Wait, hold on. I better go double check after the show. <laughs> They're all kind of rusty. <laughs> oh, my Lord. All right. Thank you, Manscaped. As we roll on here at the Honchos, I've had enough talking about Mr. Harden. Um, yep. So, um, hey, uh, you, know, you, you know what I want to. I want you to talk about. Oh, just wait. Go ahead. Go ahead. About Joe Altabelli. Are we in the baseball portion of today's yeah. program? Yeah, let's go, man. Okay, so you've heard my pal here bash and bemoan and be mean my beloved Baltimore Orioles. And the last time they won a championship when, you know, 38 years ago and I had a full head of hair gleam in my eye and, you know, the future is bright as all outdoors. The Orioles won the World Series. And since then, they've since then they've been basically James Harden. No World Series appearances, couple playoffs. They came close to an ALCS, whatever. Anyway, the guy that the one that shepherded shepherded them to the championship in 1983, manager Joe Altabelli has passed away at 88. Remember, it seems like every time we do a show, somebody from the world of baseball keels over so yeah. uh, we, we, want, we want to apologize we're, we're sorry so for all the future you, passings and yes. fatalities as the sports honchos move on especially in baseball right if you know willie mays uh please give him a hug and just tell him you love him because we're, we're planning on doing this show for a while anyway altabelli was the manager in 83 he took over for earl weaver retired the year before that 82 team, Orioles team, came within a game of winning the AL East in a dramatic four-game 
series with the Milwaukee Brewers to end that season. They had to sweep the Brewers to win. They won the first three games, and then in a matchup of future Hall of Famers, Don Sutton pounded Jim Palmer 10-2, to and the Orioles were one game short. Earl Weaver retires. Joe Altabelli steps in with basically the same team and a second-year player that maybe you've heard of, Cal Ripken, and another Hall of Famer named Eddie Murray, uh, Jim Palmer in his last year, and then Mike Boddicker, Storm Davis, ah, Storm Davis, Scott McGregor, the Martinez brothers, a team of ragtag players, some of whom were left over from the disaster that was the 79 team that lost 4-3 to the Pirates. Anyway, Altabelli comes in. Guides them to the best well, record well, in the excuse American. Excuse me, Rob. Were those, were those? I'm sorry. Were those the Willie Stargell Pirates? Yes, that was the Dave Parker fa- Willie Stargell. We are family pirates. We were up three those one are my too. Favorite pirates. Sure, with those weird <gasps> pillbox hats they, they were had. Awesome hats. man! How could you lose to a team wearing they those were hats? Awesome. Anyway, anyway, I'll get you. I'll right get you one of those hats. That's it. I'll, I'll, I'll proudly wear it on my schminky. <laughs> Okay, that's how I'm going to manscape with a pirate, a Dave Parker signed, the Cobra, a Dave Parker signed pirate. Anyway, Altabelli managed for two more seasons after this, never reached those kind of heights. He won 400 games. He was slightly over 500, but he's the guy that that got him there. I mean, yes, he rode the coattails. He was like Barry Switzer after Jimmy Johnson was fired and Switzer took the Cowboys to the Super Bowl. He came in with the same team that Weaver had. Uh, slightly different strategy than Weaver. Um, really, most people outside of Baltimore, when they hear Joe Altabelli died, they're like, meh, it's sad. Who's Joe Altabelli? But here in Baltimore, he'll always be remembered fondly. And As the last guy to win a championship. The last guy to win a 60 some odd years. Yeah, he was 88. Uh, quite frankly, I thought he was 88 when he took over the Orioles. He's always looked old. <laughs> Um, he also managed the Giants in 77 to 79, the Cubs in 91. I forgot, I always forget that he managed after the Orioles. Our career record of 437 and 407. Again, he had a nice mix of players on the rise and players from the last World Series team. That team went out, went four and beat the Phillies 4-1, held Michael Jack Schmidt. I believe he was a solid 0 for 23 against the Orioles in that World Series. Uh, good times. So, Joe Altabelli, you will be missed. At least my real Yes, uh, absolute serious condolences to uh, the family of Joel Altabelli. I have a question. Um, have, is there any um, any numbers? Or do, do, I know it's because it, uh, there hasn't been a lot of success in the Baltimore Orioles organization, but uh, do they have any kind of memorials or they have anything um, retired for him or kind of like kind of? They name a bar after him in the concession Altabelli? stand. No. Yeah. Why not? I mean, they the they sort of have. They have kind of like what nothing. you have. A clubhouse? A bar? No, nothing. Something named after them? No. Uh, maybe now. Maybe An they'll have a patch. to the stadium? Nothing? I like, how your, I like how your voice gets higher and higher the more outraged you get over this. They might have. They might have a – I mean, since this just happened today, I don't know what the Orioles are going to do. They probably have some sort of patch. it hasn't happened prior to. He won no. the guy's championship. Yeah, but he really – listen, don't tell James anybody. James Harden hasn't won – Doodly shit. Between His you and I, getting up in rafters. He, he, Out the belly's was, got nothing. If you looked closely, a sauce? At, uh, Did they name a sauce? Hey, can you zip it for five seconds? <laughs> if you look closely at Joe Altabelli from, if you look at those grainy Zapruder-like films of the Orioles in 1983, <laughs> of him at, in the dugout, you can see Earl Weaver's hand up his the back of his shirt, like <laughs> ordering him around, moving him around. Oh, poor Joe. 
So I'm sure they'll have a patch or something on the uniform this year. Oh, that's real much nice. Like, much, like, much like the Mets and their great patch for Tom Seaver having the 41 right there on the sleeve. That's a good-looking tribute. I'm sure they'll have something like that yeah, but for Joe. You know, it would just say Steve Joe. He's got his number retired over there, and he's got a thing on the wall in the outfield and city field and stuff. You know, they got nothing for Joe inside the ballpark, Camden? No. Oh, you fucking no. losers, man. Holy shit. How the hell do you root for that organization? You, you got to be all do over the Orioles this year. All over them. Right. Never, <laughs> never again. If they rename... You the know, curse of Joe Altabelli. It all makes if, sense now. If, it's a if curse. They, if they rename Camden Street Altabelli Avenue, okay, I'll take a picture of myself underneath it, manscaping. <laughs> That's why you guys got nothing since '83, because you haven't paid Altabelli any respect. It's the curse of Joe Altabelli. All right. Long may he live on in the hearts and minds of those who appreciate him. Like me now. You had no idea who he was before tonight, so zip it. <laughs> I have his sauce out the yeah, belly. That's right. It's you thought delicious. he was a sh- he I was a chef my with a little that's my a- spaghetti. Yeah, you thought out the belly was a restaurant. The belly sauce. Little- yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to the out the belly family. <laughs> Come on. We're I'm paying him more respects than the Orioles did. I'm naming a sauce. It just happened. Him. You guys it did just nothing. Happened. I don't know what they're going to do. I managed a goddamn championship team. A last one. Again, he was just sort of pressing the pedals. Before the internets were even invented. Right. He was just uh, doing the bidding of Earl Weaver. All right. Ugh. That's enough of that. Well, sorry. That was we meant to be, you know, a solemn and respectful tribute. I'm angry. Yes. Me a Joe out the belly jersey for this season. Good. Never forget. Like the there, there you go. Did. Never forget. A moment of silence will be held at the at the Cuthbert House this evening. A candle will be lit in the window <laughs> for Joe Altabelli tonight, folks. If you're on the Isle of Long and you drive by the Cuthbert Estates, uh, you'll see a candle in the window. Because <laughs> it seems to me, Paul, that Joe Altabelli lived his life like a candle in the wind, <laughs> never knowing who to turn to when the rain set. I am upset. Even you know, I would have liked to have known him. The Baltimore Orioles organization. Yeah. But I was just a kid. <laughs> and fans like you that didn't demand respect for this guy. You know, his candle burned out long before his legend. Oh, stop. Just did. stop. <laughs> stop with the else. It's horrible. I'm not even going to fire it up here on a, on a DJ here. Not happening. All right, let's go out to uh, my former home state. Uh, one of my favorite states. The Colorado. The great. Colorado, Central America, mountains and lakes, snow-capped mountains. What do we uh, What do we think about Ian Desmond uh, opting out for a second straight season? And and he said, for now, he started his opt out with for now, which tells me he's out the door open a smidge. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, back. who are just uh, tuning in, uh, Desmond is an outfielder for the Colorado Rockies. Yes, in the Colorado Rockies, Rockies outfielder Ian Desmond has opted out yet again. He said, for now, I've decided to opt out of the 2021 season. My desire to be with my family is greater than my desire to go back and play baseball under these circumstances. I'm going to, be, I'm going to continue to train and watch how things unfold. And no comment from his family who probably said, you're still here? Didn't baseball season start? We spent the last year with you. Get out. He's foregoing. Uh, so he's walked away now 
from last year and this year, it combined $13.56 million. So hats off to him. Uh, he was owed $8 million this year, and he was set to make five point five six this year. Um, and you know, last... any, any underlying health conditions? Any, no? any other reasons outside nope. that he just can't stand playing for that organization? I mean, he, he, that's, he opted that's out. That's obviously what it is. Oh, no, let me ask you this other question, Rob. I'm sorry. Is, yes. is, he, is he living in the state of Colorado? Um, probably not in there, right? I don't know if he's living in Colorado. Because it's a I imagine, state. I imagine he is. He, I don't know. He could, I, I mean, he went from Washington to Texas to Colorado. Is he skiing I, a lot? I mean, he just doesn't want to play baseball. He wants to just ski. I Maybe. But, you know, he is. Look, when he opted out of 2020, it was more for COVID-19 and more for social justice reasons. Not going to quibble with that. Now I he's have, opting out for family else. reasons. Look, 35 years old. The last time he played a full season, he had 255, 20 homers. Uh, I mean, he's a serviceable outfielder. Where is he originally just, from? Excellent question. I do not know. Uh, go ahead, continue. I will look up where he's originally from. Well, no, I'm just saying that I, I he's you know he's marching to the beat of his own drum here. Um, I just think there's just something. It it it's a story that tells me that there's something else there. He's from I Sarasota, mean, Florida. There you go. He spent the last year. He took. 2020 off, he's taking 2021 off. Maybe he he's, he is 35, and he's certainly his career has been slowing down for for a couple of years now. Maybe he's just to the point where he's like, I want to walk away, but I don't know how. Although there's easier ways to do it than this, than giving up $13.5 million. I mean, look, I, I, he's obviously strong in his convictions, walking away from $13 million bucks. I, I just found to, something here in the It's hard to do. I, f- I found out the, actually the reason why. He's is this a real reason why? <laughs> or is this is this more comedy stylings? <laughs> no. Uh, it says here um, he played for the Washington Nationals. Yeah. <laughs> he, this is the same guy, by the way, for the Nationals, who from they offered the Nationals offered him. From they offered him a bucket of money. 2015. Yeah, 2014. And it says here while there. He found out that the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> Look, this is the same guy that turned down. He turned Mr. down. Quiet. <laughs> quiet, you. He turned down a bucket of money with the Nationals and said, I want to take my chances as a free agent and didn't get as much as the Nationals were giving him when he finally did become a free agent. So he's always done his own thing. See, now I, I got suckered into thinking that Paul had found out a nugget as to why he was really getting out. And what does he do? It's more Oriole bashing. <laughs> you know who's not going to have a statue or a plaque or a street named after him? Paul Cuthbert. Not even in his own home. Sons of bitches. So, would you like Would you like next? So that's why he's opting out of playing. He's so distressed. Joe Altabelli's untimely demise. Aren't all demises untimely? It's not a dumb statement. Untimely demise. If you ask anybody who's dead, they would did tell you, a, yeah, it was the right time. Did he make a lot of money before signing with the Rockies? Sure he so did. So he can he, afford, basically he can afford this. Yeah, he's not, he's not, look, no, we're not going to have a bake sale for Ian Desmond. 
Okay, we're not going to be collecting money at the at the subway form. I just, you know, obviously it's something important to him, and he walked away from thirteen and a half million bucks. I just, again, if I'm his family, I'm like, okay, we we saw you for a year. We're done with you now. Go play baseball. That's what you do. But he he left the door open a crack. He said, for now, and he said, I'll continue to work out. I'm watching my teammates. That's why it just it feels like something else is going to happen. Like there's another shoe to drop here. So you think he might go to another team? You're not going to start in the Orioles track, are you again? No, I, I would. I could have. It, but it's not. I'm being serious I, maybe, now. Maybe you're right. Maybe if you, look, if you look, opt look, out, can he? Is there a rule if you opt out with your current team and then say somebody else says, hey, why don't you come play with us? He says, oh, I'm going to opt back in now because I'm going to play. So well, no, he can't have to, do that. He's on the contract, be, right? He'd have to be traded. Oh, okay. I mean, he can still play for another team if he's traded. He can opt in any time. I don't but he's not. A, he's not a free agent. Colorado's beautiful. That's a beautiful stadium. I don't get it. Look, uh, it's a lot know. of money. Yeah. Especially so, out there. Look, they've already said goodbye to one of the biggest stars in baseball. So maybe he's like, I don't want to play for this organization. Hmm. So, you know. but I would, I would backtrack and find about his feelings on, uh, Altabelli's passing, you know, just in case, you know, the worst, <laughs> I mean, you know, I the just, worst, I just think, um, you know, you might want to check into that. But anyway, let's move on here. Um, you're telling me uh, in the pre-production show here before we started this uh, Han Show's show this evening, uh, you wanted to really talk about uh, Mickey Calloway again? No, no. I, I just wanted to mention that uh, he, he, he just he still seems to be in the news. Sandy Alderson now has said, uh, Mets president, that now looking back at the way he was hired. Oh, and, and the troubles they've had oh, recently no. with Jared Porter and Ryan Ellis. Uh, oh, no. He said the team is now being more intentional in its hiring process. Oh, no. He said that when he, when he says when we hired Mickey, Mickey was the hot commodity, I guess. There were a number of teams that were anxious to talk to him, possibly sign him to a contract. We felt very fortunate at the time to get him based on his re- reputation in the game. Now, was that short-sighted on our part and too narrow a focus? I think the answer is probably yes. So it's a mea culpa on Sandy Alderson's part. But that's really wow. No, it wasn't an amazing decision, I'd have to say. No. <laughs> he said, moving forward, the Mets will be reaching out to women around the game in order to get a broader well, be sense of the careful what can. you say there, reaching wait, out to wait, women. Wait, wait. Okay, when you're talking about the Mets. Wait, listen to this sentence. Alderson said that moving forward, the Mets will be reaching out to women around the game in order to get a broader (laughs) sense of a candidate's reputation around baseball. Sorry, everybody. We went to the zoo for a moment there. Um, And look, a new amazing slogan from the amazing. I mean, and then it goes on to say that if they had signed Trevor Bauer, they were already getting ready to do some damage control on Trevor Bauer. He said the team was going to have him talk to groups, including women's groups, about his social media behavior. So, yeah, I would imagine that their hiring practices probably could be tightened up just a smidge. Amazing. Mets, baby. That was fantastic. Good stuff. The other thing I had, I don't really care about. Love the amazings. Love them here. Can't wait till they start playing real ball, paying attention to a little preseason going on. Uh, but, uh, man, when the real stuff starts and flushing, we're going to be all over it here. Okay? All right? Sure. 
Okay, I'm ready. Buddy. All right. Uh, you want to get some gambling news going on here? You got a little gamble. We don't do a lot of gambling news here. No, not really. Um, but if you're if you're wondering who the uh, the team that has the most projected wins, if you're a better on season win totals, it's of course your Los Angeles Dodgers. They are at the top of the list. So, okay. and I just put my list away. So, if you're a betting man, the Dodgers. Uh, 104 and a half wins they're projected this season. Good if luck. You're doing the, if you're doing the over under in totals, 104 and a half. Yeah, I say, you know, good luck. You know what? Kids don't bet. Nobody's beating the Yankees this year anyway. Oh, the Yankees are number Open two. up the city. It'll be a big parade. 97. In the fall. They're at 97. All right. The over under in the Yankees is 97. All right. Well, so. hopefully you've all enjoyed this baseball portion of the honchos because it's time to go did a gridiron as again even though the national mediocrity league is not playing right now we've got news if you didn't see it you can catch it on twitter at sports honchos at sports honchos rob did a phenomenal recap of the washington football club's news last week but this week we got new news from new teams, new storylines. Well, away, sort Mr. of. Cuny. We sort of do. Uh, just as I was getting ready to put the show together, this little nugget dropped about the beloved Wolfskins and their cheerleaders. As Washington continues to brand itself as the most woke team in the NFL, they are replacing their cheerleaders with a co-ed dance squad oh, for the 2021 season. Now, oh. now. I say this. Here's why it's a story. You know what? Personally, whatever. You want to have cheerleaders, not have cheerleaders, co-ed, dance squad, don't care. What makes this story fascinating, and it's so on brand for the Wolfskins, is they announced this. They announced this on their social media, their Twitter account, at, at Washington Football Team. We're excited to welcome famed NBA entertainment exec Petra Pope to the team, and then they go on to talk about we'll not have cheerleaders in 2021, but as part of the Washington football team's rebranding of the game day experience, team will not include cheerleaders, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so in response, now you would think before I get to the response that when you make a move like this, and I don't know how many cheerleaders they have, 20, 30, whatever it is. You think not when you do something like this, I'm concerned. before you announce this, you would think, you would call the cheerleading captain in or whoever is in charge of them and say, ladies, we're moving in a different direction. Some of you will be retained. Some of you won't. We're going to a co-ed dance squad, more family-friendly, less exploitative. We've had issues with cheerleaders before, even the whole sexual harassment claims. We're just wanna, we want to divorce ourselves from all That's of this. That's the real reason. Wait, so you guys, we're, we're making a change. But no, that is not how they found out. How did they find out? They found out the way... How did the cheerleaders find this out? The same way the rest of us did. By reading it on Twitter. They found out they were fired the same way the public found out of the change. Where did so, they get that idea of firing people on Twitter? So First Lady Shannon, remember the the, well, no, remember, the Wolfskin cheerleaders are referred to as the First Ladies of Football. Uh, she tweeted out to Washington football team, okay, oh, thanks for letting us know this way. Very kind of you. Uh, another one, uh, First Lady Candace said, Washington NFL, you are sick. And then went on to complain 
about the person they were putting in charge. Um, another person said, I mean, um, we have a co-ed team already. This is the first lady, Shannon, called the R team and do an amazing job on game days. That team could have easily been expanded into a hip-hop team as well, seeing as most ladies auditioned for that team have already tried out for cheer. Uh, and, and by the way, the person they put in charge, before I wrap this up, of the new co-ed experience is Petra Pope, worked with the Laker girls and the Nick City dancers and the Brooklyn Nets. So her experience is in all female dance troops, and she's been hired to oversee the. New so New the big question troops. is here on the Honchos, <laughs> and all our fans are very curious to know: um, Are you going to try out since it is co-ed now? Well, I was going to save that for later in the show, but yes, I will be leading. I'm actually Petra Pope. That's my weekend name. Get out. Uh, you know what? You'll have to tune into the first game of the season to see if El Baldo runs out in the burgundy and gold. <laughs> swaddled in spandex. Hey, uh, speaking of too. spandex, speaking of <laughs> manscaping spandex, raise your hand out there if you thought J.J. Watt was going to the Arizona Cardinals. He I said bet he's as, going to play with Cuba Gooding Jr. As crickets, yes, with Rod Tidwell. Both represented by Jerry Maguire. Yes, I've seen that movie too. Uh, yes, J.J. Watt is bringing his 99 career sacks, his 95 and a half career sacks, to the Arizona Cardinals for a solid $31 million, $23 million guaranteed. You recall the Houston Texans released him after he said, uh, this team is going nowhere. Would you mind cutting me loose? And they said, J.J., for you, we'll do it. We'll do anything. This now makes well, a couple of things. Uh, the Chandler Jones era, so since 2012, and J.J. Watt is more, excuse me, than 95 and a half sacks. He's had that many since the 2012 season. The only person who has more since then is now his defensive linemate, Chandler Jones, who makes a lot of money. So the thought was that they were going to try to come up with money for Chandler Jones, but now they're giving money to J.J. Watt, who is essentially a slightly older Chandler Jones it may be the end of the Chandler Jones era. Now, if they can somehow find a way to keep Chandler Jones, that both those guys patrol on the defensive line, that immediately makes them, if not the favorite, certainly second behind the Rams in what is now the toughest division in the NFC or the NFL, the NFC West, with your Rams and the Cardinals and the Seahawks, unless they trade Russell Wilson. That's another story. Uh, and the Niners, who get all the players back they've lost. They lost last season due to injury. This makes them that division fun to watch. So we'll see. I don't know what they're going to do with Jones. I don't know what they're, how they, I hope if you're a Cardinal fan, they find a way to keep both of them. But this is definitely a win now, not later sort of move. This is not a rebuilding move. This is a, we're the Cardinals. We want to win now. You know, again, I didn't see this coming. I thought Buffalo, Green Bay, Cleveland, uh, maybe New England, but Arizona? News to me. Well, again. Well, maybe it's the, the $23 million guaranteed. He got him maybe two it's, years. Maybe it's living in Arizona. Who knows? Whatever I mean, it is, I hear it's it'll be an interesting two year years. Round there. It's the same year-round. Yeah. Never changed. It'll be, it'll be an interesting two years. I so. dig it, man. Go Cards, go, man. Yeah. JJ's on the squad. I mean, he's reuniting with DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe, that, just maybe, go. maybe if they're really wacky... <laughs> 
they can make a trade with Houston and pry uh, Deshaun Watson and make Texans fans all jump into the Gulf of Mexico together. There you go. Maybe they're not done yet, Mr. Cutie. Who knows? I, I, who knows I highly indeed. doubt that's going to happen, but who knows maybe. So. All right. Anyway. Moving on. Word about Irv Cross before we. Absolutely. You better believe it. Irv Cross, ladies and well, I shouldn't say, and that's a terrible way to start the segment. Irv Cross has passed away. For those of you that are old enough to remember, which is Paul and I and all the 50-plus people out there, the very first NFL live pregame show was the NFL Today on CBS, which is still the gold standard for NFL pregame shows. And it was Brett Musburger, Jimmy the Greek, former Miss America Phyllis George, who wasn't just an attractive woman but knew her sports, and Irv Cross. It was for a show that debuted in the early 70s. It was incredibly progressive. He died Sunday, and he was 81 years old, former Philadelphia Eagle, uh, former defensive back in the NFL. That was a show that had someone who was white, someone who was black, a woman, and an older gentleman who talked about gambling, which for the NFL in the 1970s was a poison pill. The NFL tried everything they could to distance themselves from gambling during this time. And here they had that was a big part of the rose. Well, yeah, that that was sure. That was years later, though. But the best thing I can say about Irv Cross and that show, and the best thing I can say about the show, time, Rob. Sure, is when you listened to, when you watched the show, you just heard the knowledge, you heard the information. There was never a, a feeling that they were trying to play up the angle that, hey, we have a woman on this show. Hey, we have a guy, a person of color on this show. It was always just great information, great chemistry. Now, look, later on um, in the, his later years with CBS, I remember that he they would – they started – they pushed him out of the studio and into sideline work, which is you know Siberia for NFL football coverage. I mean starting as a sideline reporter is a stepping stone. But when you've been in the studio and then you're pushed to a game and then you're pushed to the sideline, they were greasing the skids to get rid of him. But in his day, you know, when the four of them were the only game in town before football games, uh, he was he was a legend and he brought a lot. He had great chemistry with Musburger, great chemistry with the Greek. I mean, that was the show. That is that is what all shows should try to aspire to. The NFL on Fox is pretty close. But I'll tell you, the show that's now the NFL on CBS, that shows a train wreck, an absolute disaster. And they should be ashamed of themselves that they're sitting in the same studio. Well, they're on, on the same network that Irv Cross and Brett Musburger and Jimmy the Greek and Phyllis George once presided over. Wow. I, so, didn't, I didn't know you had such an issue with the CBS crew. No, train wreck. I like, right. I like, I like Long Island Zone and Maryland Superstar Boomer Esiason. Boomer, I love Boomer. Love Boomer, but Phil Simms, Bill hey, Cowher, oh, that's a Bart giant Scott. champion I right know. there. That's, that's personal animosity because he used to roast the Redskins when he was playing for the the Giants. And oh yeah, makes sense and, now. Right. And James Brown, local guy, went to high school here in the D.C. area before Harvard. I think he's a professional, but he's just so boring and so middle of the road and just so. Soft. I'm James Brown. I, I'm nice to everybody, well, and everybody when he, when likes me. When he was on me. Fox, was he? You think he was more open? Always the you same? know he used to he used to do a, a sports radio show here 
on local sports radio here in D.C. And he was great. I mean, he was pointed, opinionated. He was not the, 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 the everybody's best friend, James Brown, that he became on TV. I mean, I think he's a pro. I, I, I think he's good at what he does. It's just it, – he's like Kurt Menefee on the Fox show. You want them to do a little more, mix it up a little more. Now, Kurt Menefee does mix it up with Terry well, they and Howie. They each other's jobs. They were yeah, both on I, the other. Yeah, I just – you know, it's no, like Ryan, we have, you're not a fan we of the guy. I, I have, don't get all personal. I just ask a have, simple question. Right, we have look, CBS is Greg Gumbel. He's you know, milk toast enough. In here. It's Phil Sims. I know it's painful. He's he's it's, he's terrible. There's a, a reason why he got kicked got out it. of the it's booth with Jim thing. Nance. <laughs> what? There's a reason why they kicked him out of the booth with Jim Nance to replace him with Antonio Romo. He's terrible. Well, but I do like. When he and Boomer when dust each other's chops, that rivalry they have that they've perpetuated on the fan, for instance, between is it Sims like ours? Is it like ours? I, it's like me and you. If if you and I were, you know, handsome, wealthy, successful former NFL football players, yes. Okay. We're close. We got one of those things. We'll let you all figure out which one that is. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah. Of course, great acknowledgement there, pal. Um, uh, the Trailblazer, too, as well, as far as uh, TV sports, and especially the NML, the National Mediocrity League. Uh, Mediocrity League. Um, yes. So uh, best is uh, condolences to his family, cross family, and thanks for all his great work uh, to the game. Now, uh, as far as games are concerned, uh, next year, a 17-game season, pal? Is this, this is what we we have to look forward to. Rob Cooney gets an extra game next year it's, of it's the so National fantastic. Mediocrity League. Well, he gets now, more mundane now, football to watch. Now, this is all. all right, ladies and gentlemen, big, I have to a, let everybody know because you can't see this, but he is raising his finger. I'm raising my finger to you. There's an a asterisk. Very, a very, it looks like it's going to be an abusive way towards me. So I just want oh, witnesses. Of what's about to happen next and come out of Mr. Cooney's mouth. Go. I'm just, I'm just letting you know that there's an asterisk by this because. Oh, oh thank God. You the the you know the players' man. union okay. still has to sign off, but oh, you know I... the players' union. Again, speaking of week, their union is is made up of a lot of guys making, relatively speaking, a little bit of money in, in football, and they'll do whatever the league says. So this is pretty much a done deal. Uh, Peter King laid out on NBCSports.com exactly what we can expect. From the 17 game season, um, so the Super Bowl is going to be a week later because they're not going to have any extra bye weeks. Um, let's see, they're going to play the that that 17th game is a game against another division that you're not already playing against a team that finished in the same spot in the rankings. So the Wolfskins finished first. They're not playing the AFC East this year, so they get to play Buffalo. That was our reward for a 17-game season is having to play Josh Allen and the Buffalo uh, Bills. Uh, go um, Bills! So the way that it worked is, I believe, how they configured it is um, all the AFC teams – actually, that's way too convoluted, and nobody cares. But I will tell you this. Here's the important part, not how they determined who was going to play who and who had home games and road games – a Monday night wild card game is potentially in the books. Okay, it's a 50-50, roughly according to King, that because ABC, ESPN just signed this enormous rights deal with the NFL, putting themselves in the Super Bowl rotation, that potentially 
more playoff games for ABC, including a Monday night game, which causes all kinds of dismay about time off between one playoff game and the next. So that's probably the one thing that will hold it up. But potentially we could see, in addition to the triple headers, like we saw this past season, uh, a wild card game on Monday and Christmas football, because this year Christmas falls on a Saturday. It, they had one game on Christmas this past season that drew 20 million viewers, which is great considering it's not the NBA and it's Saturday football between the Vikings and the Saints. So I think about having a doubleheader on that day. Hey, as George Allen once said, Whoa. one of the great wait, one of the hold on, one of the great sports quotes of all time. George, late great George Allen, who was former coach of the Redskins, when he said about playing football on Christmas, his response was, "You're going to have Christmas your whole life." That's a great quote. So get your ass out on the field and play football this Sunday. Okay? That ain't so, right, man. That ain't right. Hey, that's your side of the street, pal. Yeah, I know, that's man. Why, that's that's why know. we got eight days of Hanukkah. So it's... for all the Jewish players like Julian Edelman, half Jewish, uh, you know, you, you can celebrate Hanukkah one of eight days. The odds are one of those days is not going to be a football Sunday. So Come on, man. It's a 17 day games. for us. Can't wait. You have two games on? Can't do this to us. Oh, this Come is... on, man. Only the best Two games Christmas. on Christmas. Yes. I'll be dancing this is around one the table the... with my eggnog to this song. Listen, and you have and great taste And I don't need a football because... game distracting me. Because you have guests. chosen. Because we'll be able to have lots of guests this Christmas. You have chosen one of the five best Christmas songs of all time. Of course. Time. I'm, you know, I'm DJ Honcho over here, buddy. In fact, I remember if we could just, if we go down, you know, nausea lane for a moment. One of the first times I had you on my Sunday morning show on the, on the Empire, the SB Nation Empire, I was actually, it was the first day, it was Memorial Day weekend, the official start of summer, and I was playing Beach Boy music as my, uh, as the rejoin music, and Help Me Rhonda was playing. And we had a little conversation about how, you know, how much you love the song, and you just wanted to sit there and listen to the song play. And I was like, sure, we can do that. I'm Forget hockey, let's just, let's just listen to the Beach Boys. I'm a huge uh, fan of Brian Wilson. He's a genius. Yes. Yeah. Some of the other members Cuckoo. not so much a big fan of. He's a box of Cocoa Puffs, but, I but do. he's a genius. Yes. Yeah, it's Michael is a, is a bag of shit. And those are the best geniuses. Yeah. But um, their body of work uh, from back in the heyday is just, uh, whew, and as a vocalist, <laughs> harmonies, harmonies. Hey, coming yeah. up on the Beach Boys Honcho Show, I mean, we'll we'll have lots this, of Beach Boys. This, this summer, we promise you, we'll do a little in the cold open, we'll do a Beach Boys tribute. Or when one of them drops dead, which, again, because we're doing a show – Somebody's gonna buy the farm. Yes, and Somebody I will be, I will be moving the Go Sports Media production console to my deck at, at the side of my new pool, or I'll be down at the beach on the Tiki Bar, at one of our beautiful beaches here on the South Shore of Long Island. And okay. uh, we can uh, do the show from the pool. Yes, yes. Okay, so uh, hey, look, man. That's a lot of good stuff. I, I think we should, uh, on this show here, wrap this segment up uh, of the uh, NFL. you got to give me a couple of thoughts because we've been, uh, we've been uh, pushing, uh, you know, this, this little topic of the quarterback carousel uh, away and away and away. Just give me a couple of thoughts on what do you think might happen here uh, uh, over the next couple of uh, hours. Over the, the next NFL. couple of hours? Yeah, in the NFL, as far as quarterbacks maybe changing places. 
Well, I can tell you, I don't know who's going to change. I can tell you who's not going to change. Okay, Russell Wilson, who said, I don't, I, I don't want to be traded, but here's four teams that I would. If, if you were thinking about it, here's four teams I'll go to. Las Vegas, New Orleans, Chicago, and Dallas. He's not going anywhere. Deshaun Watson is not going anywhere. I mean, unless somebody decides to trade their entire team, he's not going anywhere. I'll tell you, another guy who wants to play now, but I don't know what if he has a future, Drew Brees, who everybody thought was going to retire, has been working out like a fiend, posting videos on social media of his workouts. Doesn't sound like a guy who's ready to step into the NBC booth to me. Problem is, I don't know. If, I mean, if you watched him play last year, he can barely throw the ball. So I don't know if he's going to be going anywhere. But so far, we've seen Stafford and Goff and Carson Wentz move, and now nothing. Now there's just this standstill of everybody's waiting for the, the music to stop before they take a chair. You know, Big nice, Ben could be on nice the move. Nice analogy there. I like that. Thank you. Big Ben could be on the move. Russell Wilson. These are all guys that have been mentioned. Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees. Uh, Alex Smith was mercifully released by the Wolfskins, or the report is that he will imminently be released by the Wolfskins, to which I, I say— you're picking him up and taking him to the airport. Hey, man, I, I think from a business football standpoint, not personal— You hate that guy. No, it's the right thing to do. I think last year was great. He certainly was the reason why we had whatever success we did. Great leader in the locker room. But he costs a lot of money, and he's not going to play 16 games. Wasn't your and money? His best, yeah. But the team, the team feels this way, not me. And the best thing he Could can have gave do, that money to the cheerleaders. He can still play, but as a backup. And you know, he yeah. can go to he can go to Jacksonville and reunite with Urban Meyer and help mentor Trevor Lawrence, presuming they take him with the number one pick. He can go to Chicago and be with uh, Matt Nagy, who is his core his quarterback coach in Kansas City. He can go back to Kansas City. And work with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. You know what? If, if if I'm Alex Smith and I have the chance to go to Kansas City as a backup and as a on-field coach and punt, win another Super Bowl, win, well, win a Super Bowl ring behind Mahomes and only have to come in once in a while and still wear a uniform and still play on spot duty when needed, that's a great deal for him. If he wants to continue his career, I think it's great. Never bet against Alex Smith. But for this team, for our team in Washington, it's just not the right time anymore. You know, it's it's a lot of money for a guy that can't do 16 games. He wants starter money for a body that will not withstand the rigors of being a starter. And with the quarterback position so up in the air right now, it's just the time has come. It's not personal. It's a great story. I think it is. No, it's a great story. Now, did some of this potentially have to do with how he bashed the team in a GQ interview? Who knows? I don't think that mattered. I think he was he was he served his purpose, did his time, because everybody in Washington feels like they're doing time with the Redskins organization, and it's time to move on. They're not Again, Redskins anymore. Nothing personal. It's always right here, no. right here in my heart. I'm pounding my Sorry. chest, boys and girls. All right, in my and heart. that concludes uh, Robert's part five on the recent news of the Washington Football Club. Uh, first three parts are on Twitter, and we'll be releasing part four on the cheerleaders and part five. On Alex Smith, uh, hey, later. You so, wanted to, you wanted to talk about it. I so. did. I, I yeah. I didn't. I blame you. To talk too much about Alex Smith, but you did. I you know you hate the guy. But anyway. Oh, and let let's not forget Sam Darnold and Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott. All also they waiting for the music. Money. Well, to stop. Prescott wants money. He wants yeah. to stay, but he wants more money. 
the Cowboys. Jones has got some money. The Cowboys. Oh, yeah, Jones is also bilking the good people of Texas. I hear a, uh, since they're, uh, you know, opening everything up over there, down no. there, they're going to uh, open a stadium up, 100,000 people, and, and show videos no. of uh, the 90s championships. Jones is the majority owner of one of the biggest power companies, power providers down there in Texas. He's probably trying to take advantage of people in need. I'm sure the lights were on at the stadium. Down, I'm sure, I'm sure they, they were. were, too. Oh. He's not a good person. No. Okay. He's being penny wise and pound. No! That's enough. That's enough. Time Dope of the week. Dope of the week. That's awesome, dude. That's right, friends. The Gags Gang and I spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. You can, yes, you, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude. Help pilot the show by nominating a Dope of the Week yourself. Use the hashtag. D-O-T-W on Twitter, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos, and at Go Sports Media Co. CO. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week Cup around the ice rink of shame this week? Steve DiMeglio, golf reporter for Golf Week and USA Today. Way to go, Steve-O! Justin Thomas was doing a press avail in advance of this past weekend's PGA's tour stop, the WGC Workday Championship, at Concession Golf Course. It's a great name for a course, by the way. In Bradenton, Florida. The tournament was won by Colin Morikawa, for those of you wondering. During the presser, Thomas, who had already answered questions during this session about his late grandfather, who passed away earlier this month, was asked about the Tiger Woods car accident by Demeglio. Thomas had just heard about the Woods accident 15 minutes before the press conference, and just to be clear, this press conference took place on the same day that the news broke about the Tiger Woods car accident. Let's listen to the exchange. Next up, Steve Demeglio with USA Today. Justin, that's a great question, but have you heard about Tiger and do you have any reaction to it? Yeah, I mean, I'm sick to my stomach. Uh, you know, it hurts to see one of your, I mean, now my closest friends, um, you know, getting in an accident. And man, I just hope he's all right. Um, just, uh, just worry for his kids, you know. I'm sure they're struggling. On a lighter note, um, you played the golf course day. One of the reasons that they called this uh, course the concussion was the greens. Um, how are the greens, and especially how are they as you chip up to them? So that was super uncomfortable. Demeglio wasted side. no time. We wasted no time in moving from a very emotional moment in which Thomas, one of Wood's closest friends on the tour, by the way, teared up, got emotional, and expressed concern for Charlie and Sam Woods to a discussion of the greens at the concession. Thankfully, though, he prefaced the question by saying, on a lighter note. Now, one could argue that the blame lies in the PGA for not canceling the press conference, given the timing of the news on Woods. However, one cannot blame the PGA for the tone deafness of the reporters that cover their sport. Additionally, it was not like Demeglio had the first question of the afternoon. He didn't open the press conference by asking about Tiger Woods. Then it may have been somewhat appropriate to dive headfirst into the Woods question and the Woods accident. But it was almost six minutes into the press conference, and the questions were largely related to last weekend's tournament. And talk about a buzzkill. 
the interview was pretty lighthearted. Even the part about Thomas's grandfather was lighthearted. He told a Justin Thomas told a humorous story about his grandparents, and the mood immediately lightened. A few minutes later, Demeglio dropped a turd into the press conference punch bowl. This incredibly awkward moment reminded me of the time George Costanza on Seinfeld tried to be an insult comic. And let's listen to that now. So, George, you're proposing a snow tire day at Yankee Stadium. As long as I don't throw them on the field. <laughs> Happy Sunday to some shrimp. I brought it up for everybody. I have to say, this, this proposal doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, you never know. Let's see how many I can fit in my mouth. <laughs> you know, George, the ocean called. They're running out of shrimp. <laughs> oh, yeah, Riley? <laughs> well, the jerk store called. They're running out of you. <laughs> What's the difference? You're their all-time bestseller. <laughs> Sex with your wife. Oh! That ain't right. His wife is in a coma. <laughs> now, DeBeglio did not insult someone who was in a coma, but I assure you that even Riley's comatose wife would have handled that press conference better than DeMeglio. So... Steve DiMeglio, for being so clueless that the reporter who mistook Byron Leftwich for Todd Bowles is laughing at you, for taking discomfort to a whole new level, and for setting sports journalism back to the Stone Age, you are the Sports Honcho's Dope of the Week. Congrats, Steve. Your certificate is in the mail. Way to go, Steve-o! What a fucking dope! Let me ask you about a really bad car accident, make you cry, and then go, so, how about those greens? Oh. <laughs> You want to lead with the greens question. Does he, for all, is you, this... <laughs> all you sports journalism students, you want to lead with that, the Woods question at the beginning or the end. Don't mix it up with asking about the course. But hey, what do I know? I'm just a schmuck on a podcast. But you're a good-looking schmuck. Thank you. Thank you very you're much. You're an excellent-looking schmuck. Thank you. A manscaped schmuck. Appreciate it. My buddy. Doing us right here on the hot shows. Well, there it is, folks. Episode 20-something. 22, 21? What do we got? 21. 21. 21 man. Just like the game the show. All right. Kicked off March in a good way. Thank you so much, as always, out there for listening, downloading, sharing, and telling your friends, your grandmas, and everybody else. And hey, don't forget your so, grandmothers. Yeah, don't forget your grandmas. So, on behalf of yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, and the great Mr. Robert Cooney, Sports Honchos, a wrap for this evening. So take care of yourselves, stay healthy, and uh, we'll see you next week. And with that said, Mr. Cuny, say good evening to the folks. All right, everybody. Thanks, as always, for listening. Rate us, review us, subscribe, download, do your civic duty. Stay safe, be kind to each other, and peace. Hot shows out, baby!